thanks everyone for joining us again. Uh, I'm very happy to introduce Matt today and it's going to be an awesome conversation. Matt is a CFO at Chime, which is uh, you know, one of the largest fintech companies in the US, maybe in the world, right? So they recently announced uh, a new round of funding, 750 million at a valuation of about $25 billion. And Matt's been there for about five years and seen this whirlwind kind of uh, uh, growth that Chime has seen. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have a fascinating conversation with him. Matt, so much. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, Tejo. Happy to be here. Awesome. So let me kind of uh, start a little bit at the uh, top, right? So tell me uh, a little bit about your journey, you know, at Chime and how you got to Chime and how you joined. Uh, you know, today Chime is almost a household name and $25 billion valuation, but uh, you joined fairly early, uh, you know, in your journey. So tell me a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it is certainly been, I would say, a sort of lifetime career experience for me um, and grateful to have seen uh, kind of multiple stages of a company's growth trajectory smushed into a few years. Um, and uh, the learning experience that's come along with that is uh, something that I could have never imagined. Um, you know, I guess my my quick um, uh, uh, tee up into, into China, my background in, in financial markets, um, capital markets, fintech, uh, also as a founder. Um, but I actually took um, about a year uh, before joining Chime uh, to study were some sort of early successes in consumer fintech. Um, and uh, I think, you know, the, the, the short story is you had quite a few um, uh, point solutions starting to take off in consumer fintech. You had some of the online lenders who were gaining some traction distributing loans digitally. You had some of the robo-advisors starting to build some AUM um, in their digital-only uh, uh, product offering as well. You had some of the PFM tools, personal financial management tools, building a user base, um, growing user bases, but just not a lot of innovation in the core checking account business um, and in serving members in a primary financial relationship capacity. Um, and so that was a theme that um, I was really interested in, um, had hundreds of conversations, I would say, with folks in the ecosystem, operators, investors, et cetera, um, and eventually uh, came across uh, Chris and Ryan, the founders of, of Chime, and you know, found that the, that was a strategy that they were pretty squarely um, uh, executing against. Um, and, and so that's sort of my, uh, my tee up into finding Chime, but you know, in joining Chime, it was definitely, um, uh, definitely a story of the team um, and uh, a team that continues to grow today uh, and probably just the most rewarding part of the experience for sure uh, to have been through these, these few years with this humble, hardworking, mission-driven team, uh, the very whip-smart uh, team, and particularly a finance team that runs circles around me um, uh, here. Uh, and so that's been a, been a terrific experience for sure. And, and what a meteoric journey it's been over the last few years, right? So tell me a little bit about your own personal experience and, and did you expect Chime to be, you, you, did, you did a lot of research, it looks like before joining them, but did you expect the company to be where it is today? And what was that, you know, internally when the team is is looking at each other, did anybody have those, these kinds of ambitions of where you ended up? or Of course, 
Uh, of course not. Uh, you know, I think we uh, have continued to raise the bar on um, where we think we can take this company over over the years. I think that's the that's the reality of um, of how this has evolved over time. Um, but you know, we're not doing any victory laps yet. But I will say, uh, it wasn't always like this. Um, I think back to the hundreds of no's that we received uh, when we went out to raise some of the earlier rounds of funding in the company. Um, and so yeah, I joined the company uh, after the Series A. Uh, we're about 20 people. Uh, we were sharing office space out of our um, ad agency uh, in downtown San Francisco. Um, I was the first finance person, uh, air quotes, deliberate there. Um, and, you know, by joining that early, I think um, uh, had a mandate that was, uh, it was broad. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was jumping into a culture where, um, you know, the, everybody sort of pitched in to get, to get the job done. And so, um, you know, that early role was standing up, not just their finance functions, but it was standing up, um, uh, our, our people functions, uh, some of our legal functions, uh, at the very earliest stages. And so, um, you know, one of those things that you get just from, from joining a, a company at the early stage. Yeah. And look, I had the good fortune of having a number of really amazing CFOs on the series. And some of them are super experienced. Like, I don't know, Mark Hawkins from Salesforce comes to mind and he had, you know, you know he had a whole series of uh, accomplishments and experiences as CFO before he even came to Salesforce. And, but you, you kind of fall in a, in a different bucket. You kind of went through this meteoric uh, rise in, in a company that grew very, very quickly. And it looks like a fairy tale from the outside is that, hey, you, you just went to this company and now you're a CFO for $25 billion company. But I'm sure that internally you faced lots of challenges along the journey as you had to scale yourself as a first time CFO of a very fast growing company, right? And so what were some of those challenges as you uh, look back at that journey? Uh, everything, uh, that's probably my best answer. <laughs> you know, certainly, um, what worked as a 20 person company didn't work as a hundred to 200 person company now doesn't work as a, a thousand person company. Um, and, you know, as a first time CFO, you just, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and I think to some extent you solve for that with more work, with extra hard work. And, um, you know, I, I think that's inevitable to, to, to some extent jumping into a role like this for the first time. Um, I would say the biggest challenge uh, is, is really trying to figure out over time exactly the role that the CFO should play. Um, and I think what I've learned over, over the years is there isn't sort of one specific way to do it, one specific job description that fits all, all CFO roles. Every company is different. The team is different. The business is different. <clears throat> and it changes over time. Something you've got to figure out as you go. Um, and I almost think there's something really empowering about that, um, about you know, uh, figuring out how to uh, sit in this role in, in a way that sort of is of the highest and best use, um, given your own experience um, and your own talents and, and the needs of the business and the needs of the rest of the, of the, rest of the team. Um, so it's, it's definitely been an evolution. All right. And now, you know, you have had to literally build out uh, the whole team over time and, and you didn't uh, you know, come from a background of as an accountant CPA and you came from a kind of investment banking uh, background. Now, 
how do you think about that distinction? And as you, the company scaled, how did you think about partnering or at least making sure that as the CFO, ultimately you're accountable for all things finance and accounting? And uh, what are some of those lessons learned in your approach to uh, surrounding yourself with people who had skills that you didn't? And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I'll say what I'd say first is <clears throat> there is truly, I believe, no single path. Uh, to, to this role. I actually think I'm a, a, a reasonably good example of that. Um, so I came from a, a pretty niche segment of the buy side. I spent a good part of my early career at BlackRock. Um, first in the company's, uh, it's called the Aladdin business, uh, essentially provided portfolio management software and an analytics platform um, that powered a lot of the largest asset managers in the world. Um, and what was a really quant very data analytics heavy role. Um, that's really sort of where uh, I went through the boot camp, if you if you will. Um, I later moved on to um, the company's financial markets advisory practice, which is a group that um, advised large financial institutions and, and and central banks at the time on really complex capital markets exposures. So uh, think uh, big short type of uh, type of uh, asset class. Uh, really at the height of the last financial crisis. And that was in a client advisory role. Um, and so, you know, a, a little bit of a different a different flavor as well. Um, I then went to business school. I, uh, I founded a company with a few classmates coming out of that in a total tangent area in my career, uh, ed tech for preschoolers. Um, and so, you know, I just say all that and, uh, and would hope to kind of flip the script a little bit on, on folks sort of thinking about paths here, which is that, I actually think about now the diversity of experience is something that is unique and sort of something that uh, um, I can bring to bear that's a little bit different. Um, of course, as you're implying, what that means uh, is you need to solve for um, domain specific domain experience um, in building the team, and I think that's that's certainly uh, what we've done here here at Chime. Um, We've brought in, um, you know, a ton of experience, whether that's um, on the accounting side, and internal controls side, tax, treasury, um, to you know, real deep operational experience in FP&A, um, to uh, a ton of strategic finance experience, where, <clears throat> um, you know, we're helping make high ROI business decisions, um, uh, you know, to uh, more, a little bit more of the corporate strategy um, side as well. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I think uh, I think Chime and, and the team building that we've done here is definitely an example of um, bringing in a true subject matter, matter experts over time um, who can um, set the vision, uh, build a team and, and grow and lead their, their function of the business. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the benefit and uh, fortunate position I'm, I'm in is that I get to learn from that group of, of, of you know, awesome teammates, for sure. You talked about how you, you kind of founded your own company uh, after business school. Uh, tell me a bit about how being a founder and uh, building your own company influenced kind of the work you do as a CFO now. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Maybe the the <clears throat> quick context there. So uh, this was a ed tech company. We were uh, trying to essentially bridge the physical and digital play dimensions for kids um, in a way that furthered educational outcomes and to use sort of the engagement uh, that, that came from that. Um, and then to use that as a way to sort of cheat into building some brand equity. 
Um, and I would say the quick postmortem um, there is um, our product thesis actually turned out to be true and valid and, and, and validated in the market. Um, our brand thesis, however, did not. And that was really the, the business we were, we were building around. And so um, we, we went at it for a couple of years. Um, we you know, raised uh, a, a round of funding very early, sort of friends and fam family driven. Um, we, we built um, early versions of the product. We launched a few apps in the app store, got a couple hundred thousand downloads. Um, but eventually we got to the point where, um, uh, you know, I think we took a, a hard look at the traction of the business. We took a hard look at uh, potential areas to pivot the business and decided that the best course of action would be to wind the company down. Um, we called our investors, uh, who again were largely friends and family, told them that we would not be returning their money. Uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my career, for sure. Um, and coming out of that, honestly, I, I, I felt this need to sort of explain myself, uh, almost a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit ashamed uh, of, of the experience and the outcome of the, of the business. Um, but the more that I uh, chatted with, with, uh, with mentors, with friends, a little bit further into their careers, um, the more I realized actually how, how much of an asset it, it, uh, it was to have the failed founder notch on your belt. Um, you know, I, I kind of think about it as we learned every chapter of this, the early stage startup book anyway, the hard way. Um, uh, and I think that just built a lot of resilience. Um, it, uh, it, it sort of showed me um, what it really means to, to iterate on a business. Um, I think it helped me think about the bigger picture uh, in addition to you know, more nitty gritty execution and operational stuff. Um, and so it's an experience, honestly, that's hugely valuable to me today. Um, and again, not something I could have articulated coming, coming out of that. Um, uh, you know, the other thing here is, uh, the other thing I would, I would sort of think to myself, um, you know, coming out of that experience is that there could never ever be anything better than being a founder. Um, curious to know what you think about that, Joe, but you know, the, the reality is that the role that I'm in now is the best fit I've ever had with a role in my career. Um, it's, it sort of leans into the things that, uh, I'm better at, um, it's with work that I find intellectually interesting and rewarding. And it's at a company that I have a lot of affinity for from a, from a mission and business model perspective. And, um, you know, I think the lesson, the lesson for me there um, in my career is just to, is just to stay open. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, ultimately it's about the pursuit of happiness, right? And, uh, you know, and, and especially when it comes to your experience now, I would imagine some of the fundraising conversations you've been having over the last two or three years have been a lot more fun, you know, at time compared to the ones you were having uh, when you were trying to build your own company, right? Uh, a little so different, that, that's for sure. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and you are also in this fascinating phase of your career where, let's be honest, right, Matt, a lot of folks who are the first CFO of a company that grows to be a $25 billion company are not the CFO of the company five years into that journey, right? And so 
I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts. And this is a fascinating conversation that I had with Alan Shim, the CFO of Slack, about his own journey through that, right? So he, he, he joined as a VP and then grew into an SVP. And then, you know, he was very focused on trying to be the CFO and, and how that kind of played out. And it was really interesting. And, and if folks are interested, they should go listen to that conversation. But I would imagine you're kind of in a similar uh, uh, journey where, the question has been asked, you know, by by the CEO, by the board. Hey, is is Matt the right guy for the job as we continue to scale? And uh, that's always fascinating to people in general, right? Because I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people in the audience who are also kind of going through that growth journey for themselves. And that question is being asked of them, and and the, they are having those kinds of conversations and. What was your experience? What's, what were some of your lessons that you took away along that uh, growth journey as China's just continue to go through this amazing kind of rocket ship uh, uh, growth, right? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, it, a few things there. Uh, but I, what I would say up front is I, I don't know if there's any sort of single thing necessarily. Uh, this is, for me and my experience, been about uh, doing the work and earning trust every day. Um, I think some of the things that I've been deliberate to do in my career is to, is to listen a lot, to listen first, um, to, to be honest about the things that you uh, don't know, um, uh, because it makes the things that uh, you chime in on and have an opinion a lot more credible. Um, it's to learn from your mistakes, um, uh, in a way that's that's authentic and transparent, um, uh, and you know, I, I would say there's just really no substitute for doing the work, um, and you know, putting putting the points on the board. Frankly, uh, fortunately, you know, Chime is a place and a culture that rewards uh, we call making it happen. Um, and I've been fortunate to have had the opportunity to do that first and foremost because of. Um, uh, you know, the, the opportunity that uh, Chris, our founder, has, has given me, who's essentially said, look, uh, you know, you, you don't have a ceiling um, and it's up to you to, to, you know, make this what you want. So um, uh, that's been a, you know, a, a relationship that's been hugely, hugely important and vital to sort of my, my path here. Um, and, uh, but even beyond that, um, you know, just like any any other person, I think it's it's really important to invest in developing the personal relationships uh, again in a genuine and authentic way. Um, hard to time find time for in a, in a fast growing environment, but um, you know, one of those things that I I, I think just really really is vital um, to be able to um, to to develop the trust um, among among folks that that um, you can move to the next level and you can help take a company from, um, you know, not just A to B, but, but B to C. Um, and so uh, it's been a little bit of, of all of the above, I would say, uh, in, my, in my journey here. And um, if I'm being frank, I, I didn't know uh, that I would be uh, the person that could, you know, take the company through multiple steps. Um, and, uh, but that's part of the, uh, you know, the, the part of the job that's rewarding um, is to continue to be challenged um, in, in such a profound way. And obviously the trust of the CEO is so important, confidence, you know, that they will have or are going to have in, in your ability to scale is so important. How do you think about the board relationship, right? And have you been 
yeah, kind of deliberate about building that relationship with the board members or is it mostly about confidence of the ceo and you know results putting points on the board how have you approached because this decision about very important roles as the company scaling to the kinds of valuations uh, that chime has scaled to it's not always just the stakeholder is not just the ceo there are other people other voices at the table right and so how have you thought about uh, other people who might have an influence on your trajectory within the company yeah um uh the board uh and relationships with the with the board personally have been also i would say just really really important uh for me to 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 have on my career in fact um the initial introduction to the company actually came through one of our um uh, uh early board members uh, Lauren Kolodny, uh aspect in Nally Crew Ventures, um, who's sort of a, who's a friend of a friend, become become a friend, um, uh, you know, certainly through this this experience, um, and you know, it, it, these are these are folks that have dug in, that have a, an awesome set of experience, that have the portfolio view, that have seen um, companies go through um, growth stages many times before just have incredible pattern recognition and so for somebody like me sitting in this role in a first-time capacity just this incredible asset incredibly valuable asset um to, to to learn from and so um it's it's in many ways it's kind of selfish right <laughs> you know it's helping me do my job better um to have really strong relationships with with um with board members um and and so uh so yeah i'd say that's that's one thing one of the things that um you know, I see is is really um, critical to at least the role of the CFO that, that that I sit in is to is to be the voice of the investor um, in the company and um, to 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 really understand um, how the capital markets uh, think about uh, the business, the company, the the opportunity, the the market, um, and uh, you know having uh, close relationships with our investor board members is certainly. Um, you know, part of part of really understanding that in a in a profound profound way, um, and so yeah, you know, I, I it's one of those situations where um, uh, I'm fortunate to call a lot of our board members, uh, you know, really close um, close colleagues and and friends uh, and folks that I speak to on a on a daily basis on a whole whole range of topics, um, and so yeah, you know, I, I would say for folks that are um sort of in and around roles like this to to think about the board really critically as a as a potential asset um in their careers all right and you mentioned pattern recognition right and uh you know the reality is that in a lot of cases the folks who start off you know manager director vp you know, some people make it to cfo you know others don't what is your own kind of pattern recognition been as, as you maybe look at your own team and you say, yeah, that person is CFO material, that person is CFO material in, you know, in the next five years, 10 years, maybe somebody else uh, less likely. What are some of those patterns you see in, in people, maybe in yourself, or maybe this is an opportunity. I'm asking you to toot your own horn a bit, but uh, because not everybody, it's, it's a pyramid. You know, it gets narrow as you go to the top. What lessons have you taken away in terms of uh, the patterns you see where people do make that leap and continue to grow versus not. It could be across a variety of dimensions, right? It could be work ethic. It could be, you know, just the insight they bring in a, you know, a specific domain to the business on and on and on, right? It could be any number of those things. But oh, when you think about pattern recognition, uh, how do you approach that? And how do you, uh, you know, think about yeah. it? Yeah, you know, I, I, um, 
I think when you think about a role like this, um, it's impossible to be an expert on everything. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it is possible to be an expert on a few things. And, uh, you know, I think, um, I, uh, I think the, the folks that I've seen um, who really have uh, grown in their roles have, uh, understand that in a deep, in a deep way. Um, and again, are, uh, as a result, um, uh, uh, very self-aware of uh, areas where they, they might need more help, where they might need more input, where they might need more advice than areas where um, you're a little bit more familiar. Um, and so I think that's that's uh, that's something that's would, would probably stand out for me. Um, you know, a few other attributes that I think about are uh, just intellectual curiosity um, and um, you know, real desire to to get to um, to, to outcomes and answers and solutions uh, in a way that's um, really sort of content content driven. Um, uh, and then you know, lastly. Um, you know, I think the um, the other piece of this is sort of a broader a broader personal awareness, um, and by that I mean, um, you know, awareness of what motivates you. Uh, again, awareness of where your strengths are versus where your weaknesses are, um, and then to to sort of line that up next to um, the role of the CFO to the extent that you know you have examples uh, in your career. Uh, and to, to pattern match a little bit and be honest about what looks good and what doesn't look good and um, and where you might need to solve for things outside of your outside of your own experience. Um, and so it's a little bit of an analytical approach, I guess, to um, uh, to, to to thinking about um, your career, um, but based on, I guess, a little bit softer stuff, too, um, and uh, ultimately, which is kind of self-awareness. And then speak of your personal motivation, right? And given the scale that Chime is at, uh, you know, the rumors are that and uh, you know, going public is on the cards and the specifics aren't as important, but I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in your personal kind of ambitions and how you think about that. Uh, you know, because some folks say, look, I, I specifically don't want to go be a C CFO for a public company because it's a very different job, right? The fun part is being in this very fast growth uh, stage, uh, and and you know being a public company CFO is not something I aspire to be. Others absolutely want to, want that as a challenge. It's kind of that next step in the growth of the CFO journey. How do you personally think about that? Like, what's kind of uh, challenging for you, and you know, what are you working towards? Yeah. So the first thing I would say. Uh, what I know I'm very motivated by is, um, you know, opportunities where you truly have convergence of a mission that matters to you and a business model. And again, I, I, I just feel tremendously fortunate to be part of a, of a company and a story uh, where that's, that's the case. Um, it just, uh, it, 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 it makes uh, building this business incredibly enjoyable and rewarding um, every, every day. Um, so that, that's really important to me. You know, from a, from a career and role, role perspective, um, uh, the other part that's, that's really motivating to me um, is, uh, is sort of the, 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 the learning pace. And, um, you know, when I think about the last couple of years and, um, uh, how quickly this team, this org, and I have had to adapt 
to the new reality of the business, the new scale of the business, the new problems of the business. Um, the, the, the firehose spigot has just kind of continued to get uh, stronger and stronger. Um, and that's, uh, again, something that, um, you know, it, it just is, is really motivating and, and, and fuels me. And I think about the next stage of Chime's growth trajectory, um, you know, potentially one day being a public company uh, is just an extension of that. Um, and uh, there's, there's a lot more, a ton more to learn to understand, uh, you know, problems that um, we don't even know uh, about today uh, that we're gonna have to have to solve. And um, again, being able to, to, to do that with, a, with an awesome team, a mission-driven team, a hardworking team is, is, is really what's, what's super rewarding for me. So look, I, uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I'm gonna like it, <laughs> um, but, uh, but I do know that um, the challenge itself um, is, 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 is part of the, an important part of the equation for me. And so that, that gives me a lot of excitement about our next phase, just like the, the last ones. Awesome. And speaking about learning, uh, you have been in this high-profile CFO role for the first time, right? And how did you go about kind of learning? You had to learn on the job and then uh, kind of throughout that journey, right? And how did you go about doing that? Actually, Julia has asked a question related to that, which is like, of all the things you didn't know or didn't even know you didn't know, like what resources were helpful to get that information? And maybe I'll extend on that question and say, did you actively seek out mentors? And you know, how did you go about filling the gaps in areas that uh, you absolutely had to as the company was scaled. Yeah. Um, so uh, th th there's a lot, a lot to this. Um, there's certainly been a ton of people that I've been you know, fortunate to absorb some wisdom from over the years, other CFOs, um, uh, of course, our board members and investors, as I mentioned, um, uh, you know, friends and family uh, as well. I have the benefit of of, of parents who've had business careers. And so watching them has been tremendously successful. So that's certainly one aspect of it. Um, you know, the, the other aspect is a little bit more of a, uh, um, of, a, 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 of a peer type of network or community. And I've been fortunate to be part of, part of a few. I, you know, I think this being a you know, great, great example of, of one that I'm a little bit newer to, but um, uh, you know, learning from your, your from your peers, having a forum to be able to um, ask questions in a way where um, you know it's okay that you don't know the answer and you don't have to worry about oh should I know the answer to this um, again among peers, um, uh, I think is really important. Um, as I've engaged in some of those communities, um, it's always surprising how similar the problems are that companies experience despite it feeling, you know, so, so unique in the, in the moment. Um, and so that's been, been, been really important to me. Um, and then I've just done a ton, uh, very self-directed on my own to, to watch and learn. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I read a ton of industry news. I try to, um, really understand, um, you know, the market in a, in a, in a deep way. Um, and I think, you know, one of the other things that I would say sort of related to this, um, the thing that I would say I really over-indexed on uh, in joining Chime is truly deeply understanding the business um, and, and the levers on the business, uh, the most important KPIs in the business and the operational realities behind them, as opposed to uh, sort of being an after the fact um, 
you know, financial view scorekeeping type of perspective on a business. Um, and so that's just enabled me, I think, to, um, to have a role in the company, to have a perspective in the company, to be able to engage cross-functionally in the company um, in a way that, uh, uh, you know, was really aligned with the role that I, that I hope to play with, but also allowed me to have a, you know, sizable impact of the company as well. And so when you think about your journey as a manager, as a leader, right? And you you came in as, as a founder who, as you had to kind of build a team and you were exposed to some of that, but did kind of management, hiring, recruiting, retaining, motivating, you know, I'm assuming a lot of your job today is that, right? And you know, has that come naturally to you? And if not, have you had to work at it and, and get better at it? Yeah, yes and yes and no. Um, I, uh, you know, this side of the, of the job has uh, been no different than the rest from a, a learning and evolution perspective. Um, you know, the role that I feel like I've needed to play and from a team building perspective, just so different, um, you know, six months ago versus six months prior to that versus now. Um, one of the things I think, you know, has been important to me and and I think I've been consistent on is uh, particularly in a fast paced startup environment to lead with the heart. We all have so much going on all the time. We're, we're only going to be at our greatest if we are truly supporting each other. And so that's the philosophy that I've taken into, you know, managing teams. Um, and I think from a growing team's perspective, um, there's been also, a, you know, a few really important key themes for me. Um, first and foremost is alignment with that sort of team first philosophy. Uh, and I think that's, um, that's been really important as we've gotten to know new potential members of the team in our interview processes. Second, um, it's, uh, it's a, a truly excitement, true excitement for our mission, authentic, um, you know, connection with our mission. Third, um, it's kind of a growth orientation, uh, an eagerness to learn, um, something that, you know, again, I've, uh, I've had in my career and has fueled me in many ways. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe lastly, uh, maybe a little bit overlooked in our domain, um, but the ability to, to communicate effectively. I often say um, analysis is, really isn't any good unless it's clearly articulated. Um, and so, you know, something that I um, have really focused on in, 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 in building teams and managing teams and, um, and developing teams over time is uh, all of our ability to explain something financial or technical to a non-financial or non-technical audience that's served me really well in my career. And I truly believe is one of the things that can make a great finance professional, a spectacular one. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's sort of a, a, um, a key philosophy, you know, of, of, of mine. And it's been something that um, I think we've uh, tried to prioritize at all, at all levels of the company in all, in all roles, um, you know, it, it, it's important. And again, core to how we've built the team over the years. And you alluded to earlier about how, you have always tried to partner with the rest of the business and really understand the business deeply and not kind of be this uh, kind of back office function, which sometimes finance and accounting teams fall into that trap, right? You're seen culturally in the company as this 
back office. So tell me a little bit about at Chime as the company has scaled, how your partnership with the rest of the leaders has changed and evolved. Obviously, there's this kind of special relationship with the CEO, but uh, there are many other people in that leadership team that I'm assuming Chime has brought on as the company has scaled. Uh, how do you think about your relationship with with them, and how do you make sure that you're ultimately not the person uh, who says no uh, for everything, but you're constructively challenging them? That's always a delicate balance as a finance leader to find, right? And what, what's that journey been like for you uh, in in the midst of that breakneck growth? Yeah, well, there's always a certain inevitably an amount of the, of that saying no, <laughs> um, but the uh, the important part is the way that you you do that and you go about doing that. You know, I think um, a little bit back to an earlier point. Um, uh, the best strategy that I've had is to really sort of think about the role that I play as a, a business owner. And that's really, I think, the way that we think about this um, worldwide. Um, our finance team's mission is to build a strong, resilient, uh, durable, underlying business that essentially enables us to authentically live our mission. Um, that's very real for us. Uh, again, kind of connects our, our reason to be um, with the success of the, of the company. But you need to sort of earn that trust. Uh, with uh, folks around the business. And um, I think what that looks like oftentimes is, look, this is, this is why this is important. This is why this, uh, how this, this particular decision affects the PL. This is where I'm coming from. This is what I need to solve for. Uh, these are the constraints that I'm dealing with. If we do this, uh, then you know, there's an impact to the rest of the business. We have to make a trade-off around. I want to help create a business case for this um, in a way that's high ROI. Uh, but also enables our mission. And so that's the um, that's the work. That's the work that's involved uh, to build relationships, um, again, in ways that are uh, aligned and authentic so that when you do have to say no, um, you know, it's a joint decision. And there's, a, um, there's an understanding, um, you know, on both sides about, about that outcome. Got it. That's awesome. So I, I'm going to ask a couple of more questions about, I always like to ask here first uh, at the end about future, right? And, uh, you know, uh, what do you think about it, where the world is going and, and uh, what the CFO in five to 10 years will need in terms of skills and things like that. But before I do that, uh, if you have questions uh, uh, as an audience member, please, there's a Q&A button at the bottom of the Zoom window. Please go ahead and ask your question. I'll get to those uh, shortly. Now, coming back, Matt, you know, I usually ask a lot of folks who are a lot more experienced, hey, how has the CFO role changed over the course of your career? You've done the job for a fairly short time and you've kind of had this steep uh, growth curve. So I, I, I won't ask you about uh, how the job has changed unless you feel like uh, the growth element is relevant to you, right? Where you know, managing uh, being a CFO for a company of you know 50 employees, a few million in revenue compared to the CFO for a company with many hundreds of thousands of employees uh, and many hundreds of billions of, of revenue uh, scale changes. Like a lot of things about how you do the job changes. And so how has maybe your role uh, in terms of, if you, if you look at your calendar three years ago and you look at your calendar on any given week today, how has that role changed from early stage chime to um, you know, current chime? 
Yeah, the, 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 the role has changed dramatically as the needs of the business have changed dramatically. Um, you know, on the operational side of the business, uh, if I rewind, it was really just about keeping the lights on. <laughs> uh, some core processes, uh, um, getting financial statements out, um, just some of the basics. Um, we weren't necessarily trying to excel in that. Now, we, we are. We're trying to build really robust, mature company processes um, that will serve us well many years from now. Very different. Um, similar on the team perspective. You know, a few years ago, we were uh, a small team with a, with a few athletes. And now we have uh, many different functions with real subject matter experts leading those functions. Um, and so, you know, thinking about how we bring a team together um, uh, to execute in, in the best way possible is just is very different as well. Um, you know, when I think about a little bit more on the commercial side, um, uh, several years ago, uh, you know, it was me and maybe one colleague that were negotiating our most, you know, important commercial contracts. Uh, now, far more clever people have taken over that mental um, from, from me and, um, and, and from us, and we've distributed that in, a, in an effort to be able to, to, to scale the way that we operate and power you know, many different parts of the business. Um, driving change within the organization. Um, you know, when we were a 20-person company, it was very easy to, uh, to think about um, to driving change. You could sort of you, you, you knew who you had to talk to and you sort of just walked over to their desk, also not being remote helped. Um, and, uh, and, and that's the way you got stuff done. Now with a thousand person company, uh, having influence over a complex award with many different stakeholders, which much, much more complicated operations, just very, it's very different. Um, and so for sure, um, the role has changed as the business has changed. Um, one thing though, that I would say that has stayed consistent um, is uh, the need for, um, you know, this role in particular, which maybe not is, is not often thought about as, as, as filling the issues, but for the need for this role to be, a storyteller um, and to be able to articulate the business, to be able to articulate what, what makes us different um, uh, in our strategy, uh, but in sort of a different way, in the way where we're using numbers and quantitative and financial analysis. Um, but that has been, I think, very consistent throughout the years, um, uh, but just sort of at, at a larger and larger scale, certainly. That's great. And so, as you look at the next few years, right? And there's a lot happening in terms of, I guess, innovation around just taking a company public. You know, you have all the direct listings and the SPACs, lots of different options to do that. And how do you stay abreast of kind of, uh, you know, the changes that are happening and that you have to become an expert at, have an opinion about, you know, that's kind of part A of the question. And the other one is that if you look ahead five years, 10 years, there are people in the audience who are going to become CFOs based on your seat and where you are, what would your advice be to them in terms of specific skills that they could probably start thinking about building now, which will serve them well uh, by the time kind of they get into that CFO seat? Yeah. Um, you know, I think back to an earlier point, um, uh, in the early days of the company, um, you know, it, it, it looked very different, but I think now, as I think about the team, uh, the network of advisors, um, informal and more formal, um, uh, that <clears throat> we've constructed around us, 
they've really gone towards, uh, you know, making sure that we have a go-to, that we have um, experience, expertise on all the important dimensions around us on speed dial. Um, and, uh, and, and that's been an evolution over time. Um, and it's true with, uh, with the bankers, let's say, just trying to try to understand, um, uh, trying to stay on top of and understanding the innovation that is happening in the capital markets and the various you know, paths to be becoming a public company. Um, that's true on the uh, accounting side um, as, um, you know, some of the accounting standards have shifted over time as some of the focus areas of, of, of the SEC have evolved as, you know, private company financials have, have shifted over time. So um, uh, we've got, you know, some advisors for us who are on speed dial on that, on that front too. Um, and I think the list, the list certainly, certainly goes on. And so um, thinking about that sort of early um, in, 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 the, in the growth stage of the company, I think has served, has served us well. You know, your other question about, you know, specific skills um, or trends as it relates to sort of the domain of the CFO, a couple I'd point out maybe um, specific ones. One is, um, I think this trend of business operations, strategic finance, it has different names um, at different companies, uh, but essentially bringing quantitative and an analytical mindset to a business problem. Um, with a deep orientation of PL, I think those worlds are going to continue to collide. Um, and we're going to see that trend continue to accelerate, um, you know, here as, as finance organizations evolve over time. And it's a you know hugely impactful seat to have in a, in, a, in, a, in a company. And so I think that's one that I would point out. Um, and then the other is, um, uh, and this is an area where my guys have a lot of uh, evolution and growth to, to do is. I think CFOs um, are also going to need to increasingly become product leaders in the sense that there's been so much innovation around the CFO tech stack um, uh, and piecing things together in a way that is uh, makes most sense for the realities and, and nuances of your business um, is so key to, to, to scaling. Um, and so that's something that, um, you know, uh, we've sometimes done done well at, sometimes haven't, haven't done well at, but I think... Um, that increasingly is uh, becoming the, the domain and the, the key key part of the job description of this role as well. You're almost part-time CIO, right? There you go. And awesome. So this is great. And speaking of tools, before I jump into questions, please uh, Q&A button at the bottom of the window. Go ahead and ask yours. Uh, you know, very quickly, uh, Airbase, I, I will ask you to kind of uh, raise your hand if you're interested in learning more. We're a spend management platform. We bring together all of the different elements of non-payroll spend that happens in a business instead of having it live in silos. Like there's a separate corporate card system, a separate bill payment system, a separate reimbursement system, and you know ad hoc processes for requests, approvals, POs. We bring that all under one kind of platform and end-to-end -end workflows with payments embedded in it. So if you're interested in learning more about how we can kind of help with that process, please say yes and, and we'll reach out to you. And uh, all right, so jumping into uh, questions now, uh, you know, Rick has a, has a, you know, a good one about how do you know when to ask for the CFO position? Obviously, you know, th there's a lot of title inflation that tends to happen. You can always ask for one, but, uh, you know, have you thought about, you know, when it's the right time to ask for one and what makes you ready to be a CFO? Uh, I think my general, um, 
uh, thoughts on this is um, to talk about this early and often. Um, you know, one of the things uh, that I strongly believe is that you don't get opportunities like this unless you are clear and you ask for them. And that was certainly the case in, um, in my experience here, here at Chime. And so um, I was very honest about, uh, about that with uh, with Chris, uh, and I, and I was uh, pretty honest about that early, early on about my intention uh, to get there. And so there was no, um, there's no question around that, I guess. And, um, uh, and in turn, we were able to, you know, have a situation where, um, you know, he allowed me to, to grow into that. And that path sort of existed, again, because I, because I asked for it. And so, um, I, I think it is really important to, to have that open and honest conversation as early as possible, because in some cases, um, getting there may or may not involve your current company. Um, and, uh, you know, I think about that with, with the team, um, uh, with teams all the time. And it's important to have conversations about, uh, what is the job after this, or what is, what is the role that, uh, you know, is going to be most rewarding for you five years from now? Um, the more that, uh, that, that, um, there's clarity in your, uh, working relationships about that path and what's important, I think, I think the better. And, uh, there's another question about, uh, you know, the path from an accounting background, right? And so this is something that comes up fairly often. And let's imagine a teammate of yours on the accounting side of the house comes and says, say, I want to get more experience on the corporate, corporate development side and the capital market side, FP&A side, because I know that that's important and necessary to, you know, go uh, become a CFO in the future. Uh, you know, how, how do you think about that internally at Chime? And, but more broadly speaking, how, what is your advice for people from an accounting background to get that exposure? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it, it, it chime, it's really important uh, for me. And I think for, for a lot of us to have exposure to sides of sort of the, the, the finance domain. And so we come together as a team to um, do readouts on different, you know, different projects as a, as a full group um, to, to highlight some of the, the business success, but we have identity um, as a, as a single team, uh, but in many of these different domains. So that's, that's the first step. And the second step, I would say is um, we're just fortunate to have a culture that's um, that's uh, you know one where we're all very willing to to share to help and learn to 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 respond to you know asks around uh, well hey can I can I understand that a little better I love to love to get a little bit a little bit deeper um, and so but it but it does take the impetus of, of somebody to to ask um, you know I would say though um, back to the point about um, you can't be an expert on on everything. Um, not to sort of have this uh, this uh, this idea that unless you've had a role in, across every single aspect of the finance domain, that you can't uh, serve in a CFO seat. Um, that's just not the case, and I don't think is is really practical. Um, uh, and, and and thinking about your career as sort of deep in one or two things, but 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 broad on everything else, I think is um, is uh, it, it, it is the reality of uh, of almost everybody who who sits in the CFO seat. Awesome. So Michael has a very good question that applies to every fast growing company, which is that how do you balance building a budget and a plan that's growing so quickly and changing so quickly, right? How do you you know balance holding yourself accountable to the plan, 
while also staying flexible as everything is changing around you constantly, right? And uh, you know, I'd love, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, awesome question. And uh, so hard. And the answer is so much, uh, uh, as, as much art as it is science. Um, but a few principles I think are important. Number one, um, uh, articulating assumptions uh, upfront. Uh, and you know, doing your best to identify the levers that could change in the future that might therefore change um, how you think about your strategy and your and your plan. Um, and so, uh, so that's one thing that I think is important as part of the planning process is to document, articulate, uh, you know, what what the assumptions that go into that are. Number two, um, scenario analysis. You know, as much as um, uh, and as simple as that is, um, inevitably you have to triangulate and um, thinking through um, what the right set of scenarios, the framework to think about uh, those, I think has also been something that's you, you know served us very well over the years as well. And we still aren't perfect at it, um, but are continuing to improve on that you know over time as well. Um, you know, a third is a little bit more um, philosophical. That I think is specific to uh, the particular situation that a company is in. So for Chime, um, you know, we are not a growth at all costs company, but we do push the envelope on growth uh, within, as far as we can go, within a set of unit economics principles. And we've been deliberate about articulating what, what those are, the way that we measure it. Um, and sometimes we might be willing to go uh, you know, out of bounds over here, out of bounds over here, but for a strategic reason um, and always grounded in, in the way that we think about unit economics. And so that's, um, that's another, I think, important piece to the, to the puzzle um, uh, from my experience anyway. All right. And, uh, and here's another question about board uh, uh, kind of exposure. You talked a little bit about how that's been super helpful to you in your own growth. Uh, now the question is, hey, what if you're at a level that does not give you direct board access, you're at a level below the CFO, two levels below the CFO, what's your advice for getting that input and advice from board members? Is it even important, right? Is, is that something that you would recommend maybe people on your team even focus on? Yeah, to the extent that, you know, that's possible and you can. I think, you know, some of the, the avenues for getting that experience, um, you know, could be within your company and, and, and outside of your company as well. Uh, thinking about uh, companies that um, might be a little bit earlier, earlier stage outside of your company, speaking to investors, uh, speaking to other folks in the ecosystem that do have board, board experience. Um, other examples, you know, within the company are, you know, specific topic areas um, where you might be able to contribute to and have some, um, some board exposure, you know, some board exposure to. I think the other piece um, that, that we've done at Chime is um, we've had a, on a number of occasions, some of our board members um, come and do some sort of, you know, guest uh, speaking events, which has been terrific. Um, and, uh, you know, a little bit of a lens into the eye of the investor, the eye of the board member um, for, a, for a broader audience as well. Got it. That's great. And as you've been building a team, there's a question about kind of credentials, right? And, and for various areas of the team that you'll build. Uh, maybe a CPA or a, an MBA or a master's? And how do you think about the, the need for qualifications or credentials like that? And what has your experience been as you've built out the team? Very much to me depends on the particular role. Um, and, you know, so what you might think about for a controller role could be different for a, 
the you know FPNA role could be different for a global strategy role. Um, I think even more important that is um, relevant and additive experience at other companies, whether that's earlier stage, later stage, uh, similar stage. Um, and the ability to sort of extract a set of learnings out of that that are applicable to, to you know, where we are, where we are to chat. That to me is, is, is even more important. And as a result, um, you know, I think the, 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 the onus then is to put yourself in situations um, where you are getting the experience to be able to, to then add value in your, in your next role, whether that's at the company or, um, or beyond. Um, so, you know, do I think about uh, my MBA as a requirement for having landed this role? Absolutely not. Um, it happened to be, you know, the right thing to do at the right time in my career. I spent a lot of that time, um, uh, frankly, doing work on myself, doing things like underwriting my own risk tolerance, <laughs> having a deep understanding of uh, of what that was, and that enabled me to jump into um, a role at an early stage, like like a company like like Chime. Um, so, I, you know, credentials to me are part of the equation, but not a not a silver bullet. Got it. And you know, I, we have one more minute. I'm going to wrap up soon. Sorry, I can't get to a few more questions, but I will end with this, Matt. Which is, I know the a blessing and a curse of very fast growing companies is that you're just drinking from the fire hose. You're learning a lot, but then you know, time is uh, at a premium at all times. But what do you do uh, in your free time? What are you reading? What are you watching? And do you have any free time at all? Well, uh, I have a two-year-old, so the answer is no. I don't have any free time. Uh, between work and uh, and our daughter, life is uh, life is pretty full. Uh, we, let's see, uh, unsuccessfully attempted to potty train a couple weekends ago, um, but uh, are sort of licking our runes and gearing up for the, the next attempt here pretty soon. Um, but no, family's really important to me. Um, and so I spend a lot of time with, 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 uh, with family, uh, you know, outside of a, 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 certainly a busy work schedule. Got it. No, that's great. Look, I have a three-year-old uh, daughter. We were successful uh, about a year ago. It's actually a good book. I'm gonna I'm gonna email uh, it to you. I'm sure a lot of the audience did not come here to hear us talking about <laughs> our daughters. But thank you so much uh, for taking the time and uh, you know it was a fascinating conversation and all the best with uh, what's coming next with Chan. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Appreciate you listening.